Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. We're talking about two comics coming out on the 9th of January, 2024, starting with Action Comics number 1061, written by Jason Aaron, illustrated by John Timms. This is the beginning of the, Vince, what is this initiative called? Superman of Superstars, right? Superman Superstars. Yeah. And uh, this is also the first like incontinuity thing Jason Aaron is doing after his Batman thing is set in the past. So uh, this is this is seemingly a pretty big deal. It's a bizarro story, which I'm sure we all have thoughts about before even cracking open the issue. But uh, Zach, as the resident Superman boy, we always start with you with Superman stuff. What did you think of this first issue of the Superman Superstars? Um, I liked it. I liked it well enough. Um, it didn't blow me away or anything. I'm a, I'm a big... Oh, I'm a John Timms appreciator, so I was glad to see him back on Superman. And... I am kind of like 50-50 when it comes to Bizarro stories. I think the last Bizarro story that I kind of liked was the, um, believe it or not, the Bizarro story that Peter Tomasi did uh, in his uh, Rebirth run that had like the Boyzaro in it. I don't know if either of you got that far. Uh, it vaguely rings a bell okay yeah i i I mostly enjoyed that uh a lot of that i think came down to like the art still i think gleason was still was on that arc and it was good so um but you know it, it almost always just like comes down to the dialogue really and i didn't think that the dialogue in this issue was that bad so uh, it actually had like a pretty clever way partway through to kind of like get around the, yes. the bizarre dialogue, which I, I, I thought was like kind of, you know, cute or whatever. But um, I, yeah, I liked, I, I liked specifically the, there, there were two things I liked about this one. I liked that it tied into like the magic side of Superman's weakness, which is like, I feel like, usually just relegated to like Superman trivia, basically, you know what I mean? You know? Um, And also I really liked how it tied into the, like, you know, the, the post crisis, not like if not, not like a specific crisis, but like crisis in the general sense, like the, the the aftermath of a crisis kind of thing, you know, and the, Mm -hmm. the DC cosmology kind of stuff um, that it's doing um and like all of that stuff really kind of made me you know like feel some like empathy for bizarro it was it was like sweet and sad and um i i I liked it all up until like kind of the twist at the end which i'm not like really sure i want to do three issues of this um i'm kind of hoping that like the next issue kind of like wraps it all up and then the third issue is something else entirely but uh Overall, I thought it was like a like a, a a fine first issue, you know, like a solid seven to eight out of ten issue. Maybe a seven. Maybe I I want to give it like an eight because I really like the art, but I don't I don't know if like the issue as a whole is an eight. Well, yeah, I I, I agree with almost every, almost everything you said there, Zach. The thing I really liked about this issue is the idea that if Bizarro is the opposite of Superman, then Bizarro would be good with magic. I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever seen that before. 
in mm-hmm. a Superman comic or a Bizarro story. So I thought that was a really clever way to approach it and a very Jason Aaron way to, to approach it. One of my favorite things about Aaron's Thor run is that, and I, I to be fair, I did not finish the Thor run. I probably stopped two or three years in. Um, but I felt like there were so many moments in that where something would happen and I would say, oh, look at that. Look at Thor being, I mean, look at Aaron being logical about Thor, just finding these little bits of continuity or story that felt new, but also felt like they made perfect sense within the greater Thor mythos. And I feel like that is this. Like this is this is a great example of that. Just finding this thing. Oh, you know, Bizarro is the opposite of Superman. That means he's dope when it comes to magic. That's great. That's a very, very fun way to approach this. Um, I also think that giving Bizarro something to do that isn't just smashing stuff is excellent as well. There there's never uh there is never a shortage of Superman villains just being physically overwhelming. And so giving Bizarro something else to do, giving him a, a mission statement of sorts, looking for his home planet, you know, all of that is 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 really good. John <laughs> Tim was that I I just coughed. Sorry. Oh, sorry. That's right. Uh, you know, John Timms is a really good fit for this story. We've talked about Timms a lot on this show, and I feel like Timms on Superman is particularly good. And I'll say that Timms on Bizarro is especially especially good. I think this is really this looks great. I was I would have been even higher on this issue than you were, Zach. However, the last four or five pages when it becomes clear what's happening where the whole world is getting bizarrofied i feel like we've seen a version of this in every superhero comic over the past 15 years and it's just kind of a boring status quo for a couple of issues now granted thank goodness this is the the, the maximum this is going to last is two issues because if I had, I feel like if this was a Philip Kennedy Johnson story, it would be a year yeah. of Bizarro Metropolis, <laughs> and I would uh, be uh, you know, our Bud Dwyering it uh, <laughs> before getting to that, that year mark. So I, wow. I am happy it's a shorter story, but it's a, uh, I, I really did not like that, that element at the end of it. Otherwise, I thought yeah. this was, this was very good. So we we felt pretty much the same way then essentially like yeah like like the issue did not care for the ending yeah yeah Vince what say you yeah I mean I I guess I'm gonna agree almost hundred percent with what you guys just said it's all the same feelings I had about it I I think the art looks great I'm a fan of Tim's I know some people don't care for Tim's like facial work specifically but I I think it's charming um. Uh, I think he's really good with action. I think, like, for somebody who is more of a, a stylized or, or, for lack of a better word, cartoony artist, I think scale is never a problem with with Tim's. Like, you know, there are scenes where, like, towards the end, where Lois is like looking over the city, and they look it looks appropriately kind of epic in scale um, as the Bizarro transformation is happening. Um. I, I I think his art is great. Um, I think I felt the same way about the ending. Like as it was, I could feel it happening as it was happening. And it, it is like the last four or five pages and I'm going, Oh, okay. This is like, this is, uh, 
I mean, we've got Beast World right now going on. Right, yes, yeah. The whole world's turning to animals. And here they're all turning to bizarros. And not the whole world, but, you know, Metropolis or whatever. It's just... It's tough because that is like half of superhero comics, right? Like, yeah, that's a threat. That's a threat you're going to see over and over again. It just comes with the territory. And I think part of the problem with being people who have read thousands of comics over the years is that that stuff feels less novel the more it goes on. We talk about it all the time with Batman, right? Right. So it's hard to judge. Like, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with the presentation. I don't think there's anything um, other than it's a, it's a pretty well-worn cliche, but, but then again, superhero comics are just going to rehash the same 10 plots over and over again. And, and, and hopefully you find new wrinkles within them. And I think, you know, Aaron does a good job of that with the, the bizarro magic thing. Like you said, but I wish that that turned into this and I kind of wish it went a different way. But but then again, I I don't have any good suggestions for what that would be, you know. Um, So, you know, as far as Aaron goes, I feel about this very much the same way I feel about the, the, the bat book that we had that we got from him, which is that like it's not a home run. But it's a solid like I'm like I'm glad Aaron's around DC, you know. Uh-huh. If if one Aaron book replaces like a hacktivist book <laughs> or, or whatever, those poor guys. Way. We we should have them at every possible turn. Nah, well, I hope they don't listen. Um, yeah, they're gonna be but, our next uh, Rob Williams or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Only the difference is we like don't actually read their books. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> right. Um but uh what was I saying? Oh yeah, it's it's not a home run, but it's like a solid single or double. And and the the other thing that they have in common is that like again, there's nothing super novel about that Batman story except for the one sort of um twist that it's kind of twist on the on the mythology that it's kind of built around which is what if what if bruce exhausted all of his training on earth and had to go into space or another planet to achieve its training you know right similar thing here where like the one thing that's unique about this story is just the one little nugget that like what if what if bizarro was good at magic because it's one of superman's weaknesses as dwayne the rock johnson uh, taught us not that yes. long ago. The hierarchy um, of Metropolis is certainly changing. Right. Yes. And you do the math on that <laughs> uh, and enjoy your gaming. Um, you know, I, I think those are solid concepts. I, I, I appreciate their uniqueness. I, w- I hope for that to be built out a little bit more, um, but I'm glad he's around and I'm glad this, this book exists. And you know what, if it is only two or three, I, I think this arc, isn't this a three issue arc? Is that right? I believe is, all, yeah. I believe all the arcs in action in twenty twenty four are three issues. Sure, that's fine with me. It's exactly what you said, Brian. If this was like a five six issue Philip Kennedy Johnson decompressed whatever, no, thank you. 
but you know, if in a, a couple months we're moving on to something new, I'll be glad that, you know, the trip was short and it was perfectly enjoyable while we were there. So, um, yeah, no complaints about this other than the kind of ordinary finish, which, you know, I think you guys said well. So I think we spoke about this on the show about how I think that each of the four writers that are taking action for a month are going to get their own Superman ongoing in 25, right? That you think that? I think that, yeah. Mm. Yeah, Wade we know is... who the who the other ones are. We know that Wade is getting one and Williamson is getting one. And I and want to say Philip Kennedy Johnson maybe is getting one. I think he's getting the getting one too, yeah. Yeah, so the the and that this is basically going to be like the return of the triangle era. Right? I mean, that... gosh, if they do that, like uh well uh, I'll oh, gosh, I might buy them all. <laughs> <laughs> listeners don't know we we just had a yeah. conversation about buying less comics before yeah. the show started <laughs> zach, zach just said he's, he can't wait to not have to buy all the x books anymore and he's just going to replace that with some other drug it's it's amazing i, I would yeah. love to I lo replace it with the superman books i wish that they were like worth buying <laughs> oh. like as a line mm -hmm. DC, i just think let me give you my money yeah, well, I've said this before, but I just feel like the way that Metropolis is being built out right now and all of the nostalgia that DC has been pumping at themselves about the 90s four book era, whether it's when they do all those like Death and Return of Superman anniversary issues and they and they bring back all four creative teams and they they basically flaunt this this uh, the status quo in our in our faces. I feel like it's just going to happen. But oh, they got to we'll do it. Yeah. And, they, and it should be like the original, you know, it should be the. It should be Superman action, Man of Steel, and Adventures. That's what it should Agreed. be. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. And they can still have, like, you know, other books as well. Like, you know, we can have a Supergirl book, or there's Power Girl right now, too. Right. I guess there's not a Supergirl book right now, is there? There's not, no. There's not. Um, there's just Power Girl. Yeah. And there was that, like, Superboy miniseries. Yeah. And again, like, one of those books can be a John Kent book. Uh huh. It doesn't have to be all Clark books. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. One of them should be, one of them should be John. Um, and one of them should be like action should be a metropolis uh like anthology essentially yeah absolutely um i think man of steel could obviously be like a steel book yeah um and or like the steel works adjacent stuff yeah and then like adventures could be the john book you know yeah yeah there there are so many ways to do this but Make it happen, DC. You heard it here first. Make it so. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. Alright, well moving on, we have the fourth issue of Titans Beast World, written by Tom Taylor, illustrated by Lucas Meyer. Um... Not Ivan Reyes, we should mention again, uh, who has dropped off this book. Vince, I think, you... I think he's back next week or next issue. Yeah, I believe you're right. Is next issue the last one? No, I think there's, there's six. two more, right? Yeah, okay. 
Uh, Vince, you, I think you've been the most negative on this event so far, although you and Zach have both been more negative than I've been on it. So I'm curious to see how much you want to shit on this particular issue, because this issue really not a lot happens till the very end of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really not feeling this and it doesn't even, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty decently sized fan of Tom Taylor. Like I would never say he's among my favorite writers. Um, although I think, I, I think I may have, did I write last year's Tom Taylor, uh, multiversity? There's literally no way. End, end of year. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way to figure that out, but, um, I may have, um, so like in the current landscape, I'm a, I'm a pretty big Tom Taylor fan. Like in the grand scheme of things, I, I I just think he's solid. But um, but like right now, he he had been. If I saw his name on a DC comic, I I knew I was at least in for like a a, a good, fun, competent time. I don't really feel that way about this book, and I don't know if it's because it's an event book. I it, that maybe it's more like editorially driven um or not his baby in the same way that like nightwing is or uh uh like the the injustice stuff was or deceased right like like i liked deceased to an unreasonable degree for for what that book <laughs> is and what and what the pitch for it is yeah um, and this, you would think, like, apply that same magic to an event book in the actual DCU. And it's just not working out. And I don't know. Like, every one of these, like, beast transformations feels underwhelming. And basically unnecessary. Like, What's the difference if Giganta turns into a bear versus this just large smashing through a city? You know what I mean? Like, right. It's uninspired in a way that, like, it, you know, if nothing else, Tom King, Tom King, Tom Taylor, Tom Taylor always finds like an inspired wrinkle. Like in the Elseworld stuff, he, he always finds like a, what if this was this and it's interesting you know and here it's like what if giganta was a bear well who gives a shit you know <laughs> what if what if uh <laughs> am i right i mean you know what i mean you're, right? you're, not, like, you're not wrong at all no I, yeah. I, I i'm just i'm just laughing because uh the phrase what if giganta became a bear who gives a shit it's just a very evocative phrase <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Right? I mean, I'm not um, wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, uh. And then, like, you know, the one thing I still continue to like, and it has nothing to do with Beast World, really. It's just, it's baked into the characters and the way that Taylor had already been writing them. But I, I do like the Raven and Beast Boy romance connection. You get a little bit of that here. And I find that that's endearing. Um, other than that, like you get the Giganta stuff, which I already mentioned, you get Swamp Thing, you get the, um, the, uh, the Rom, the Rom V Swamp Thing yep. 
character coming to help the Titans, which was teased in the previous previous issue. Um, you get Chunk uh, apparently dying. Chester Runk and Beast Boy. He he kind of sacrifices himself to. Wait, also... is that a character that we have seen before? Yeah, that's a that's. Yeah, Chunk is an old character. It is okay. Yeah. Um, let me look this up. So I'm, I'm already on it. My uh, ass. Chunk was introduced in 1988 by uh, Mike Barron and, J- and Butch Geis. Oh yeah. In the Flash. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yes. Um. And, you know, but 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 there was little build up to that, and so I I didn't find that all that affecting although i suppose it is something that happened in this issue and if if you're looking for things happening in an event comic you can point to that i guess um and then the only other thing i really have to say about the comic which i that i didn't like very much was that peacemaker has never been more john cena than (laughs) than in this art and i don't i'm not a I don't like when artists do that necessarily, unless they. I I don't know. I don't mind when artists um, make clear homages in like the costuming or maybe like a like a. It's got to be subtle. If you're gonna if you're gonna do like celebrity faces, I need them to be a little more subtle. Whereas like this is. I almost can't see him. He's so much John Cena. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. My only uh, argument against that, and I think Zach has brought one of us has said this in the past. I honestly can't remember which one of us said it, which is that like this entire uh, the, the this entire era of Peacemaker wouldn't be possible without the John Cena version. No. Yeah. Like so, not. it's it, it's a little bit different than just like. When somebody is clearly like when Black Adam is randomly Dwayne the Rock Johnson every now and then, like <laughs> that really doesn't matter in like the uh, like uh, Black Adam is going to be a uh, a forgotten DC movie if it isn't already right. But like John Cena is literally the reason that anyone gives a shit about Peacemaker right now. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean that's true. But yeah, that's that's it though. That's not important. Um. You know, I I am going to continue to be slightly higher on this than you guys are because I just I I think Taylor writes these characters very well. I, that is my biggest takeaway. Yeah. With all of this is like specifically there's that scene between John and Wally that I thought was was a really good use of both characters for sort of what they're what they're known for in the DC universe right now. And, uh, you know, I. I think that there there are there are nice character moments in all of these, but I, I I reading this issue crystallized the problem I have with this book, and now that I know what that problem is, it's all I can see, which is that this feels like an event book made up of tie-ins, where all the stuff that happens in the main book, except for the Beast Boy stuff, which we'll get to in a second. Except for those five pages, all of this feels like stories that would have happened in anthology tie-ins from other events. There is no center at the core of this event. And as enjoyable as these character moments can be, like if you had if if you are asked what is the what happens that drives the plot in this issue, 
it would be that Chunk is sent into Beast Boy. And that happens in the first three and last two pages of the mm-hmm. book. Everything yeah. in the middle is just a side story to that. Enjoyable. Uh, somewhat good looking. Uh, Lucas Meyer's art is better than I thought based on the fill-in nature of the of the artist. But there's really nothing else that happens in this issue. That that That's kind of it. And I just... In an era where where event books have al- have have already felt more slight than I think they should, this one feels especially slight. And like you were saying, Vincey, I don't know if this is because this was going to be an arc in Titans, and DC saw uh, Black Lantern potential here and decided to make it like Blackest Night a bigger event, or if this is just the latest in the trend of writers that i really like you know josh williamson scott snyder etc just sort of losing the stuff that i love about them when they're doing events lately i don't know i don't know zach what do you think yeah i pretty much feel the the same as as you guys and maybe like even a little a little lower like i i really thought this was (laughs) extremely like i i agree that like like your point about the only the only like really things of import are the the first three and last three pages like i i agree that like some of the character work is kind of nice and everything but like tying like putting so much emphasis on just like giganta getting beastified is like that's just this shouldn't have been a, an issue you know what i mean that they, right right this is this is the uh, the perfect case of like a six issue mini being or a four issue mini being stretched into like six issues you know yeah um which is even like more unfortunate because if if it had been shorter maybe they wouldn't have had to have a, a fill-in artist nothing against meyer again but you know i tend to like it better when event books keep one artist and i realize i'm being a hypocrite because i love final crisis and that book has like so many artists <laughs> uh but to me that's part of the charm of that book this book the charm <laughs> does not come from its uh, you know myriad of artists um i and again i don't know where the what the charm is supposed to be i think i think it is like supposed to be the you know the tom taylor heart uh with these characters is that is the thing we're supposed to be coming here for but even that I think gets short shrift here by by like really like the the Beast Boy moment I thought went over like a like a lead balloon. I you know, it did not have any emotional resonance, I thought, just in the like the way it's executed and also the way that you know it's going to be you know, Beast Boy's not dead, you know what I mean? And so like even that being kind of like the big moment in this issue fell super flat for me. Um hmm. And it's even like pretty easy to like predict how that's gonna like all resolve because in the in the first issue, you know, a, a chunk of Beast Boy got cut off in that boom tube, and and so he's that's like that's what's gonna happen. You know, he's gonna he's gonna come back. But right, uh, yeah, this I think was easily the worst issue of the of the crossover so far. Yeah. I'm hoping that the last two issues like really pull it together. Um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how that see, goes. We'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I I am hopeful for this for this event 
sort of in the macro sense, but issue to issue, it's it is getting a little bit rough. Yeah. Well, Vince, I know you're not feeling well. Do you? Does that mean you can't look up next week's books or what? I I, I have them ready. Wonderful. I, Lay it um, on us, buddy, with that yes, sexy, sexy uh, voice. Batman, Superman, World's Finest, number twenty-three. Catwoman, number sixty-one. Green Lantern War Journal number five, uh, Jay Garrick The Flash number four, John Constantine Hellblazer Dead in America number one, Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong number four, Nightwing number one ten, Superman number ten, Superman Lost number ten, Titans number seven, and Wonder Woman number five. And I do I sound like the sweaty balls guy? Uh, <laughs> not really no no okay no that's no, kind of what good. i was <laughs> what i think you sound good, sound good? Yeah, i think you should okay. i think you should keep keep this up all right yeah i, yeah. I will get sick every single week and be miserable and not sleep just okay. for the sake of the show for the content for the, for the listenership what if our yeah. patreon uh subs just go way up <laughs> if, just, you, be, this, you become this, an asmr fascination yeah. because of this yeah uh, this, sexy is somebody's, yeah. this is somebody's kink somebody's kink yeah exactly uh all right well thanks for listening folks uh com for more talk to you soon bye you sound like um uh eli roth in uh Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Antonio Margariti. Yeah. But... Gorla- uh-huh. Gorlami. The Gorlami. 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 The fun... Not to, not to <laughs> interrupt whatever the hell you guys are doing, but... Uh... <laughs>